How y'all doing out there? Good, good. Man, we could have just stayed in worship, huh? I'm, I'm starting to sense the pressure. Um, when we first started as a church, uh, let me start this out right, because this is a very joyous day. Uh, when we first started, I felt as though I had to preach the church up. Now with Annie beating that drum the way she's beating that drum. Aw, you're doing great, girl. We love you. Give it up for Annie, y'all. She's our superhero coordinator, superstar drummer. Thank you, sweetie. Now I feel like, man, we need to get another preacher in this thing, someone better than me. So, but uh, it's because worship is amazing. So, but I know that's not true anyway. Um, aw. So, um, you know, in, in, 20, in 2015, I worked night shift from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Um, at Florida Hospital uh, South. That is uh, downtown Orlando, if you're not familiar. And, um, you know, I had since resigned or left my, my prior church, which was a great church, but God was calling us to a brand new season. And um, I worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And, you know, like, you start to develop certain habits when you work that kind of shift, such as eating um, lunch at midnight and 1 o'clock in the morning. And, um, I mean, your hours are all off, man. If you've ever worked that shift for any amount of time, you just you don't feel normal the next day. You need, like, two days of sleep to, to just get back on track. And so, um, and, and that, that followed me for, for the past three years up until about, a month ago, uh, I, I was, not to be too graphic, but uh, I was in the bathroom getting, getting my day started. <laughs> and um, so don't, don't take any offense to this. This is me. This is my body. This is me. We're all in a different place. I just want to throw that out there first, okay? Don't take any offense to this. So uh, I, uh, I was in the mirror, and, and I looked, and it was a, it was a profile angle, and you know, like, I saw something I'd never seen in my life. I saw a belly. I've never had, like, a, a belly in my life. Like I said, this is me, okay? So don't be sitting there saying, Pastor, so what you trying to say about me? I'm not saying anything about you. This is me. I've never seen a belly in my life. And I'm sure it had been there for the past two years. I just, I just really hadn't taken notice of it. And so I'm like, man, I said, you know, something something has to change. Like, I'm, I'm tired all the time. I'm groggy. Uh, uh, it affects my preaching. I'm mean when I preach and all that stuff. And it's like, something has to give, dude. So uh, a month ago, we joined the gym, you know, something has to change. You know, Albert Einstein, he actually said this, and it's debated if he said this, but I'm gonna go with it because it's just easy. He said that Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's insanity. It's doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So it's like, man, I continue to get poor grades or I'm not passing my classes with flying colors. I get a C or a D. I'm just barely getting by. Uh, I want to do better, but, you know, you have these poor study habits or it's, uh, man, I, I want to see margin in my finances, and, and I'm going to see margin in my finances, and it's going to be different. But you're expecting that on the back of, like, poor spending habits. And um, at, at a certain point, something has to, to change. Um, do, are you guys aware that we are in week 
30 of 2018. It's more than halfway through the year. For, for me, it still, it still feels like a brand new year. I don't know about you. Does it for you, show of hands? Still kind of feels like a brand new year. But we're, we're more than halfway through it. Like, so it's going to be August soon and then September and October. And before you know it, we're going to be playing Nat King Cole. And it's going to be Christmas. And you're going to be at Highlight Christmas for Christmas. And it's going to be a good time. And it's going to be great. But um, I, we're 30 weeks through 2018. And a lot of us, we had certain resolutions at the end of 2017. Right? We, we want it a better outcome. Uh, we imagined back in December of 2017 that, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that by the summer of 2018, or I'm going to be there by the summer of 2018, and we're not there, we're still here in certain areas of our lives. I'm sure some of us have made a lot of progress in certain areas, but not in all areas. And so, in essence, um, we're looking for a better outcome but you're in the same spot. Is anyone there with me? I'm in, I'm in the same spot in a few areas of my life that, I, I mean, we prayed 21 days of fasting and prayer. We, we prayed that God would move and that I would change and this and that, and here we are seven months later. I'm still in the same spot, still looking for a better outcome. Something, something has to change. So I want to bring a message to you entitled, A Better Outcome. As we continue in the Summer Bliss series, we're taking a journey through the book of Philippians. Uh, Paul was saved by Jesus Christ. He used to kill and persecute the church. He was saved by Christ. After about 15 years of training and absolute, he, he just disappeared from off, off the face of the earth. God sent him out. Jesus sent him throughout the world to share the good news about who Jesus is. And if you don't know the good news of Jesus, it's this. Well, first is bad news. We are all sinners, but Jesus Christ is sinless, and he died on our behalf so that we could have a living relationship with God the Father. And all you just have to do is simply put faith in him. You don't have to stop smoking. You don't have to stop drinking. You don't have to get yourself right to come to God. You just come to God. You trust in him, and he starts the process of making you right. So that's good news if you need to know, man, how do I change? That's the good news. And so Paul, uh, Paul at this time, as he's writing to the church in Philippi, he's in prison. And uh, he, he started this church about 11 years ago. And um, one chapter two is about serving and finding joy. Serving and finding joy as you serve. But today we're going to take a slant and we're going to dig into this topic of seeking a better outcome in every area of your life. I want to share three principles here. And let's read Philippians 2, going to start at verse 12. It says this here, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So we just, I just told you that there's no work to get to God. Just simply say, hey, here I am. Here's my heart. I accept you as my Savior. I don't fully understand it all, but I trust you. I believe you lived. I believe you were a historical man. Jesus was not a myth. He was a real man that came as the Son of God, and he died on the cross for your sin. I believe that you're real. It takes no work to get to God. But after you come to God, 
it takes work. All right? So I believe with all my heart that it's the devil's agenda to keep people from Jesus. That's number one. Number two, it's to turn them. If he can't keep you from Jesus, it's to turn you into a miserable Christian. And thus, the world doesn't know the difference between the world and a Christian. It's to make you feel as though, don't go to church. Nothing's going to change. Church is boring. Don't, don't grow deeper in God. He's only going to take away all the fun. You know, that, that's Satan's, uh, uh, kind of, that's his operandi right there. That's how he operates. And so Paul says here, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, not in a, like, fearful way, just revering who God is. Last week we said there were two ingredients to greatness. One is preference. That's others before me. And the other is posture. That's God above me. In Philippians 2, verse 9, if you go back a few verses in your Bible, it says, and God elevated Jesus to the highest place because he put others before him and he put God above him. And because of that, he became great. So work hard, obeying God with fear and reverence. Verse 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, since Jaziel was five years old, um, I, I think about four or five, um, whenever the topic of flying on an airplane comes up, he's always like, Err! we're not going to talk about that, Dad. I've never met a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever year old boy who says, hey, I will never fly in an airplane ever in my life. Anyone love flying in here? Anyone don't like flying? All right. You're the reason for Jaziel's <laughs> dysfunction. We need to deliver you from that demon. In Jesus' name, demon that doesn't like to fly. I just think it's from all the years of hearing his mom and his, and his grandma, my, my mother-in-law, just say, oh, I don't like flying. I don't like the turbulence. Uh, uh, uh. Like flying is awesome. Flying is awesome. Point number one, if you're going to experience a better, a better outcome, you have to first understand this. God wants to do a new thing. God wants to do a new thing. He, he wants a better outcome for your life. As Jaziel's father, I'm, I'm trying to expose him to something new, something great, something fun and fast and and amazing like that's my desire I want to expose him to something but he's like no I don't want to and typically this is the thing God has a desire and he's attempting to work something out in us a better outcome in us but this is the problem a lot of times we're not willing to give up the old for the new we're not willing to give it up be it a relationship or or habit or, or an attitude, or, or whatever. We're not willing to give up the old so that God can, can give us the new. And I'm just thinking, like, man, what the benefits of flying, all these benefits. Number one, flying gets you to your destination faster. So understand this. God actually wants to get you to where you want to go faster. Yes, it's going to be preceded by a process. 
but I rather trust God and obey God and revere God and fear God in the process of getting to where I want to go versus trying to do it all by myself, getting not there, but getting somewhere and having to hit the reset button, wasting two, three, four, five years of my life trying to get to where I want to go when God just purely says, if you would just obey me, and work at this salvation thing and walk with me and open that Bible and read those promises and get into a light group where people can encourage you. Get, get somewhere where your faith can be built up, where you want to obey God. Like, oh, man, I can do anything. I want to do everything that God tells me to do. Like, because you just you believe that, that he's good and you believe he can do the impossible. You, now you just want to obey everything he tells you. And so now you're on the right track. You're on the right track, and so God actually wants to get you there faster. Another benefit of flying is, is that you get to travel different places. God wants to take you different places, be it physical places. There are currently right now people, as you obey God and revere him and trust him, there are people that he's preparing, opportunities, network provision, money, that, that, that as you believe that he wants to do a new thing and you enter into that process through obedience and you begin to change certain things about your life, God is, God is preparing to open doors and take you places that your mind can't even imagine. Yeah, that's the benefit. And the other benefit is you get to experience life at higher altitudes. God, God wants you to go higher. Like, like when we moved here, I moved here with nine people. My God, look at this room. Look at this room. Lord, what, what God can do. When you just begin to believe that in those areas where you haven't had a better outcome. And it starts with faith. God, God wants to do a new thing. I mean, it's his character. I mean, um, we, we, we see it if you read Exodus chapter 1 through 3. The children of Israel have been in slavery for 400 years. That's four or five generations under Egyptian bondage. And so God comes to a man, his name is Moses, and he says that I've heard the cries of my people. And he says that I want to take them out of Egypt and lead them to a, a land flowing with milk and honey. Milk and honey is a representation of sweetness and pleasant. You know, it's a pleasant place. And he says, I want to do a new thing. Or, or the time where <laughs> Jesus had went across, you know, and he said, catch up with me later. Uh, go ahead and sell across the, the Sea of Galilee. He's with the disciples. And um, he says, I'll catch up with you guys later. I'm going to go ahead and move ahead. And so they get in the boat, and it's like midnight. It's real late at night. And, and it's storming, and it's raining, and the winds are blowing. And they look out into the sea. They're struggling. And they, they, they see what they think is a spirit. Because in that time of Israel, fishermen did not know how to swim. So a lot of them probably, probably lost a dad or an uncle or a father or somebody or a cousin or a brother. And, and so it was, it, was, it was normal to see spirits on the water or, or to think that you saw a spirit in the water. So they, they looked, and, they, and the Bible says in Matthew 14 that they thought it was a spirit, but it was actually Jesus walking on water, showing them something new. 
And, and then so Peter's like, Lord, is that you? He says, yes, it's me. He says, you know, can I come? He says, and come. And so he came to show them not only can I walk on water, but when you trust me and when you believe I want to do a new thing in your life, you can walk on water. So Peter got on out. And he said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and try this thing. And, and there's a new thing that God, God um, wants to do. Or the time when, when one of his best friends, Lazarus, died. They, they told him when, when Lazarus was alive and he was sick, you know, it, it was like he's preaching, he's preaching. And it's like Chris would come up here and tell me, oh, Lazarus sick. You know, so yeah, da, 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 I keep on preaching. That's what Jesus did. They told him that Lazarus was sick, and he started. He kept teaching. He kept teaching. He kept teaching. Lazarus died. Lazarus was dead for one day. Lazarus was dead for two days. Lazarus was dead for three days. Lazarus was dead for four days. The reason Lazarus needed to be dead for four days was because there was a Jewish belief that within the within three days of someone's death, the spirit of that person was still hovering over them. So Jesus had to wait for four days to make sure that it wasn't any cultural thing or any psychic thing or any spiritual thing or whatever. So no, the spirit is gone. I'm gonna go ahead and go now. So when he got there, he said, Lazarus, come out. He didn't say come out because if he said come out, everyone in the graveyard would have came out. He just said, Lazarus, come out. So Lazarus came on out. It was a new thing. He hadn't raised anyone from the dead yet. It was a new thing. God wants to do a new thing. God's desire, whatever those areas are, be it, like I said, unhealthy relationship, get out of those things. They're a waste of time. Get out of them. He wants to do a new thing in your life. An attitude, like, get, get out of it. The, the moaning, the, the worrying, the doubting, like, get out of it. The, get out of it. That's why we pray. Leave depression, leave the doubting, leave the worrying right here. This, this is the altar. We burn it right here. He's going to do a new thing today, a, a new thing. Philippians 2, verse 14, it says this. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. I love Paul. He's getting real practical. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. I must tell you that uh, last summer we went through the book of Ephesians. This summer we're going through Philippians. The interesting thing about preaching just through a book, you, you can't, like, skip a verse. I, I don't want to preach that, Lord. Like, can I just come up with, like, our next series is called The Good News. So, like, for four weeks, we're just going to be talking about God's goodness in light of our brokenness. That's, that's light for me. That's easy for me. But it's like, come on, Paul, you're calling people crooked and perverse and but, but it says it here, he says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a world full of crooked and uh, perverse people. You know, my freshman year in college, um, it, it, was, it was cool. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. Oh, man, <laughs> I didn't know this was going to feel that great. We could have inflated it a little more but oh man we can let's take the verse down sweetie thank you let's put it back on the home screen so like during my freshman year in college um 
ter- terrible grades. I had like a 1.5. And um, it's because like from the age of 12 up until I was 19 years old, I had really like four values in life. Basketball, video games, working out, and girls. Those are my values. Come on now, Marcus. But I'm saved now, Marcus. I don't know about you. I love Jesus and I'm married. So like, you know, and, 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 and those things followed me well into the first three semesters. Um, and, and it showed, you know, I would, I had freedom and I would go to class and play video games for hours on end. And, and, and I would get that, that semester report card or whatever you call it and C, D, D, C, and so on and so forth. And it sucked, man. It, it really did suck. I don't sleep a lot, and uh, it was it was just pretty much kind of the same old same old. Point two is is be different, be different. It was the same old same old. Th- this bed is more than just a bed, but it's a representation or it symbolizes laziness. It, it's a symbol of excuses, complaining arguing. It, it's a symbol of the, the eight out of ten Americans that are currently living in debt. It's a symbol of the 55% of marriages that um, will end up in divorce over the next three years. It's a symbol of the 70% of millennials that spend four hours of our day complaining and worrying about financial stress. It's a, it's a symbol of just same old, same old. And Paul is encouraging the church of Philippi to be different. If you're going to expect a better outcome, he said it. He said, work hard your salvation. So there's this aspect where, where Jesus has done all the work on the cross. He saved us. But, but if you really want to tap into everything that God has for you, there comes a time where you have to be different. And so the third semester of my, uh, of my college life, I was a sophomore. We were heading home for um, Thanksgiving. I gave my heart to Jesus. And two weeks within my salvation, the Spirit of God met me. I remember it, I was, I was in, on my desk in my room. I was on my desk in my room. And he said, Josh, if you want to be better, if you want a better outcome, if you want to build a legacy, if you want to have a great life, if you want me to bless you, if you want to go further than anyone has ever gone in your family, you have to be different. So I got on up. I said, you know what, Lord, you're right. I <laughs> I can't expect to do the same thing and think the same way and be with the same people and watch the same YouTube and the same Netflix and expect any different of a result. And I just, I said, you know what? You're right, God. I, I can't do this, this 
history of divorce in my family. I can't do this history of debt and depression and high blood pressure and diabetes and, and illness. I, I, I want a better outcome for my life. And so I got up and I started studying more. Like, I remember my desk, it was just like this back in 2006. Man, two, three hours in the Bible. Encounters with God. I studied more. My friends became few. Because how many know it's not about quantity, it's about quality. My friends became few. I changed my scene. And I always look forward to it. I, I, I finally, I, I, I replaced the hours on the, I'm a PlayStation guy. I don't know about y'all Xbox people. I replaced the hours on the PlayStation with the hours of being in God's presence. Instead of, you know, you got to sleep, but then I would start praying on my knees on the edge of my bed. And, and this desk symbolizes freedom. This death symbolizes the 20% of Americans who are not in debt. This death is a symbol of a life of gratitude that even when it's hard, I learned from the age of 19 to 23 through the word of God that no matter what's going on, I'm going to always thank God. I'm going to thank him in the good. I'm going to thank him in the bad. I'm going to thank him when I struggle. I'm going to thank him when I'm on top. I'm going to thank him when I'm on bottom. This death represents a life of gratitude and he and you you can never sit here and say well i'm too young to take god serious i was 19 years old getting these principles in my life this desk is a representation of growth it was it was this desk where i learned my values and man i'm gonna be a faithful husband i gotta stop sleeping around with you two knucklehead girls I'm going to get a degree with a great GPA. I had to be different. To be different in order to expect a better outcome. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. The complaining, the arguing the addictions, the, the more expenses than income. Don't copy the customs of this world, but watch this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You got to be different. You got to be different. You got to start to think differently. It's not anyone else's fault. I know daddy wasn't there. I know mom wasn't the best mom. Now you're grown. Now you're growing up. What, what are we going to do with it? I know your boss doesn't see you. I know your pastor doesn't recognize the gift that's on the inside of you. It's not your pastor's fault. You got to think different. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Watch this, which is good and pleasing 
and perfect. When you choose to be different, when you choose to elevate the word of God, the word of God as a priority in your life, when you choose to believe that word, trust that word, and obey that word, you will step into the good, the pleasing, and perfect. Do you see that? God's will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. But you got to be different. And I don't know, I'm, I'm speaking general because th- this, this word can speak specifically to your areas where God is calling you to be different. I can get specific. If you give me time, I'll hit everyone in this room. But we don't have time. we got to go eat some ice cream and have some pizza and all that stuff. But, like, be different. Like, e- even me, like, now. I-, I was just telling my wife the other, n- the other day. Like, right now, uh, I- I'm getting to a place in my life where every hour has to be scheduled. Every hour. You can lose money. You're going to get money back. But you never get time back. So every hour is scheduled. Now, now, I, I used to kind of binge with her because she doesn't now. Uh, I used to binge YouTube with her and stuff. I don't do that stuff. I'm much better than my wife. <laughs> I got the mic. <laughs> now, now, now it's, it's from, from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., Nat King Cole in a book. But because of, of this got me here, where are the areas of my life that I have to adjust now to get me there? That, that's how you got to see this thing. Like, we have leaders at our church, y'all, leaders. And, and, and so what, what tends to happen in leadership, especially in ministry, um, as a church grows, like the, the, um, the task pile on. So I tell my leaders, like, you can't work it by yourself. You have to raise up other leaders. Because if you don't, what, what's in that gap there, it, it's either going to be frustration or freedom. And, and pastor's not going to take you by the hand. I'm not, I'm not going to take your phone on a Monday or on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday or on a Thursday and say, hey, text your team. Ask your team how they're doing. Tell them you're praying for them. But, but, because, you know, Sunday's coming. More people are coming. We're going to two services sometime soon. You know, like you're going to have to learn to grow on your own as a leader. So what you did when we were at 50 people is not going to work when we're at 300 people. What you did when we are at 300 is not going to work when we hit 1,000. What you're doing when we're at 1,000 is not going to work when we hit 2,000. You have to learn to be different as you, as time goes. If not, the outcome will be the same. You got to adjust. Marriages have to adjust. Me, me and my wife, we stick to that Monday date night. It, it's our thing. Different subjects come up, but it, it we can... It's Monday, protects it. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, I'll be different in that area. Because c- c- I'm, I'm dying with you. We're going to be married for 60, 70 years. I'll work on that area. Because I want a better outcome. Because if, we, if I don't work in this area right here, we don't make it to 50 or 60 years. Yeah, got to be different. Got to be different. Got to be different. Philippians 2, 16 through 18. 
Come on up and close me on out here, Sarah. We're, we're about to go have some fun. Is this okay? Good, good. 16 says this, hold firmly to the, to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, he is coming back. I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. He's saying, come on, I'm your spiritual father. Make me proud. Like, just keep, keep on with the keep on. He says this, um, verse 17, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. Your, your serving God is, a, is, a, is an offering to God. God approves of it. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. If you're going to have a better outcome for the rest of the year, point three, stay faithful. Very practical message today. Stay faithful. Not a lot of scripture. I think this can bless your life. So Paul started this church 11 years prior. And he's encouraging them even while in prison. He's saying stay faithful to your service of the Lord. He makes a key connection here. A very key connection to fulfillment. Watch this. Write this down. Faithfulness leads to fulfillment faithfulness leads to fulfillment in every area of your life faithfulness leads to leads to fulfillment i want to take a moment to thank all of our superheroes who show up every single sunday thank you guys so much and the ones thank you um, 6.30, 7 a.m., you stay all the way until 1.30, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., every Sunday. We thank you. We thank you. You're becoming better and you're growing. The principles that you're learning of faithfulness is going to go into your marriage and into your studies, into your leadership. It's, it's going to lead to your fulfillment. I thank you. I think our U-Haul team, let's give it up for our U-Haul team. Um, if there's no U-Haul, there's no church. F faithfulness, faith, your faithfulness in, in your studies, in your parenting, even if you're a single parent, remain faithful. Don't give up. I was raised by a single mother. Be faithful. It's going to pay you off one day. Be faithful. Faithfulness in your marriage, faithfulness at your current job, be excellent, do well, honor your supervisors, honor your bosses. Faithfulness in your local church, if this is not your local church, be faithful in your church. Serve at your church, give at your church. Paul says it's going to lead to your joy. If you would be faithful in the right things, your life would lack no good thing. Let's pray it out, church. Father, we love you. We give you all the honor and the glory. We thank you for your goodness. God, we ask that you would continue to give us the strength, Lord, to be different. God, you're calling us to pay special attention to areas of our lives where you're calling us to repentance, to turn to you, to obey you. God, you're calling us to shine like light 
in a dark world. Help us be different, God. If, if we're going to have a better outcome, God, give us, give us the grace and the wisdom to be different, to go about things differently the way that you would go about them. Help us to live according to your word and to trust in your promises. And Lord, we trust that the outcome will be better. Now, with every head bowed, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. God loves you. Jesus died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins so that you would be set free. Church, let's go ahead and pray and intercede for our future brothers and sisters. Today can be a new day. Today can be the beginning of a better outcome in your life. And just on the count of three, if you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you are coming back to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity. We're going to pray with you as a church. On the count of three, you just raise that hand high. We want to celebrate and pray with you. One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. You can put that hand down, sweetie. God bless you, sir. God bless you. You can put that hand down, sir. We're going to give you 10 more seconds. Today is the first day of a better outcome. You know that Jesus is the way. You know that God is calling you. Come on, raise that hand. Don't give it up. Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. Church, let's go ahead and celebrate. God bless you, man. Four salvations today. Praise God. God is good. Praise God. With every head bowed, if you can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, we believe that you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Fill my heart with your spirit. Today is the first day of a better outcome. In Jesus' name, amen.